The worst thing ever, though, I remember I farted so bad. It woke up chill one night. She just woke up and was like, ah, God, she like covered herself up in the blanket. You kind of you wonder if there's a part of her subconscious that tried to incorporate it into a dream right before she woke up. And if so, what was that dream? That it was too strong for dreams. The new album by Doug Cochran, too strong for dreams. (laughs) You may be familiar with Doug Cochran's freshman album, Breathe Into the Push, but you have never Heard anything like his sophomore release. <laughs> Too strong for Too dreams. Too strong for dreams. Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And that was some fun pre-roll. Yep. Oof, man. There'll be a lot of that left on the cutting room floor. Unfortunately, you'll never hear any of it because it's going to be three and a half minutes of Enya. Enya. Yep. They have one of their songs. <laughs> I used to be really big into one of their songs when I was growing up. Uh, it was probably their most popular one. That's like... Oy, 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 oy. I thought you were doing the Voya song for a second. The Voya song, the commercial with oh. the pink, with the orange money. Oh, the Voya! Orange. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what's called. It's it's something. Oh. I mean, if you're gonna yeah. do that, then I'm gonna have to look up Enya's like number one songs. Yeah. Something about innocence, I think. Sure. It used to be my jam. There used to be a, a rock station, in uh, alternative rock station in my hometown uh, before it turned over to country, which mm. was really disappointing. And oddly enough, they play Enya on there, and it was very... In Kirksville? Yeah. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. Heard a lot of really good stuff. Um, Only Time? I don't think that's it. Ori, O-R-I-N-O-C-O. Don't think that's it. Orinoco Flow? No. No. Caribbean Blue. No. May It Be. No. Wild Child. Storms in Africa. Echoes in Rain. Anywhere Is. Can you type in Enya Innocence? Yeah, I can do that. Enya. No, not Echoes in Rain. I said Echoes of Innocence. Oh, is that what it is? Wait, no. (laughs) Wait, what is this? Welcome to poop.com. No. No, I'm I'm wrong. I'm somewhere somewhere I shouldn't be. This Hold is on. not where I want to be. <laughs> Anya. Wow, Anya spelled P-O-O-P.com. One day. Return to innocence. That's it. Return to innocence. Because yeah. they say something to innocence. Nope. That's not it. That's not, well, this is the ad that yeah. it will play after this ad. Yeah. Dun 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 Anya. Dun, dun. Yeah. That's it. Oh, now I know it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you didn't hear it when I, I did you that? You know, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sure this sounded just like it. Pretty sure I sound just like the Native American singer that's doing that right now. Like, spot on. Yeah, no, you Listers, were... you can you can hear that, right? Oh. Yeah. Prime right? sleeping music right here. I'm telling you, this is, this is some ASMR right here. No. Hi, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Anya ASMR. <laughs> it's too loud. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Return to innocence. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Guys, you're welcome. Everything Nailed you just it. heard, you're welcome. Yeah. I don't know anything else to say, but you're welcome. 
What's your favorite Enya song, listeners? Let us know <laughs> on our social media. <laughs> yep. We need to do a cover to that, like heavy metal. Oh, I would I'm love sure, that. I'm sure we're the only people who have ever thought of that. I bet you, yeah, I bet you right now if I type in Enya heavy metal. Do it. See what happens. All right. Well, I'll do it then. Oh, we'll see oh he's going to do it. Guys, I goaded him into it. It works. I didn't even have to finish typing it. It knew it was like, do you mean this? Can you find that song that we just listened to? Death metal of multiple songs. Uh, can we do Return to Innocence? Death metal. Enya heavy metal return to... No? No. It's just giving me the actual Return to Innocence song. Oh, really? Yeah. No one's done that one, huh? Uh, Well... I wouldn't say no one's done it, but in the 10 seconds it's taken me to search just this. No one's done it then. Yep, that's got to be it. Oh, hold on. I might have found something. That's unfortunate because I would be curious to hear. Sounds like a PlayStation video game. The name of the band is Twilightning. I was going to hope you say it's Twatning. <laughs> Boo! I don't think this is it, is it? This sounds nothing like it, and this sounds like 80s metal band. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Return to innocence, it's the time! Return to innocence, grapevines! <laughs> oh my goodness! There, my I'm sure I'm sure you've heard of Dragon Forces uh, through the fire and flames. Absolutely not. No, no. Do me a favor, real quick. Pull that up. We're, this is the Look, the most boring. No, I'm not important. doing it. We're, it's the most boring this podcast. I'm not one. doing it. Nope. Last one. Not gonna do Last it. Last one. No. Last one. No. Anyone who's ever played Guitar Hero will know what I'm talking about. No. What do you mean no? Oh my god, this is the worst podcast no, we've not. done so far. No, it's not. What's it called? Dragon Force through the fire and flames. I just want you to listen to like the first twenty seconds. Because this was like the last level of Guitar Hero. Then I probably know it. And this like got everyone's like dicks hard forever. Because you had to try and play this all on Guitar Hero. It's on like, the five buttons. Yep. It was like six minute song. It's hilarious too because the lyrics are like fantasy based. It's absolutely hilarious. And people would have to be like, oh my god! I can't do it, I'm going to fail, became, they're booing, it became, they're booing. It became one of those things, <laughs> they're booing, they're booing. And it became one of those things where it was like, who can get 100% on the hardest difficulty yeah. on this song? And that became like the point of pride and people would make videos and people like, you're cheating, you're cheating, you're holding up on the on the trigger so that it makes it easier. And it was it was hilarious. When someone's like, dude, you got to check out this song, I'm like, this is insane yeah this is ridiculous who what was the there was a uh, a cartoon about a death metal band that actually oh. turned into an actual metal band like they started touring didn't death they? clock was the name of the band yes metalocalypse i think was the name of the cartoon. A cartoon yeah but yeah. didn't death clock they actually started like the people they, who they played, probably did yeah. i think they actually started touring yeah yeah i, I re- actually remember liking it was a fucking weird dark very metal adult swim show yeah but i remember Actually enjoying it. I enjoyed the music from it, too. Mm-hmm. Not a huge metal, like, heavy, like, yeah. thrash metal fan, but that was fucking good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Occasionally that stuff will catch me. Like, I'll be like, oh, this is kind of interesting. The but. thing I can appreciate the most about it is the is the, the musicianship. Oh, yeah. Like, Hands down. From a, from a technical standpoint, 
Fucking Christ, Those man. Guys don't mess around. Like like that right there. Yeah. Do you have any idea how hard, how not easy that is to do? Yeah. Like yeah. just the the speed in which they're going and the accuracy and right. everything like that. And it's crazy. Yeah. And that, it sounds like fun like to listen to. You're like, I can Whoa. only listen to a couple songs before I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I don't need to well, do Well, at this. least I like this kind of stuff because even the vocals, it's not... Rah, rah, rah. Right. Rah, 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 rah. I'm like, I can make those noises with my mouth too. Like, you know... <laughs> That's and that's that's how I compare all art. I'm like, can I do that? Right. Because if I can, then yeah. I'm not impressed because yeah. I'm not impressive. Because I'm not. So fuck yourselves. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where you know people just make noise. I'm like, cool. And I know to some genres, like that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's just making the noise. I'm like, nah, pass. I'm not. We are wall of noise. It's just weird, just yeah. fast. I'm like, nah. But that's where I think like bands like Slipknot got me because there was some melody to it. Right. That I was like, ooh, what do we have here? <laughs> and I find like... And for those of you who've never hung out with Doug, that is exactly what he says when he finds a new band he likes. Yes. I'm like, I freeze and then I get obsessed with it. Right. I found a couple bands recently. I think I told you about last week. I found another one called Pale Waves. Mm-hmm. It's a British band. Okay. And really into them right now. Like, I just get just completely like obsessed i'm like what else have they done what's their wikipedia page who was the original band member said they kicked anyone out like, gee i wonder what happened like all this sort of shit i kind of go bonkers aliens aliens oh my um but yeah like if i find that interesting mix because i love pop punk mm-hmm. but i also do love heavier stuff and i found a couple of bands that blend both of those together i'm yeah. like whoa we've got both <laughs> This is amazing. I'm into it. I'm like, wow. I was like, this would be the perfect band to be in. Speaking of aliens and nut jobs, uh, I got my DNA, Ancestry.com oh, yeah? DNA test results back, and I yeah. was like perusing the potential relatives of mm-hmm. based off of whatever, and one of them was Tom DeLong, but not that Tom DeLong. Go ahead and just turn this off now. I think we're done. <laughs> it was someone, someone's name, someone who was named Tom DeLong, but I'm... Highly skeptical that it was actually Mr. Nutcase himself. Highly skeptical it was him. So you're also French? Maybe. I don't know. You, you got your results back, right? Yeah, it wasn't through the French part. Okay, what? let's start over. What were your results? Oh, man, I can't pull it up now. Can't or won't? No, won't. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone wants to know what you are. <laughs> what? You don't have to get angry about it. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's when just, I do, that shit gets real. Things get done when I get angry. That's just unnecessary, Cochran. You tell me what you are. <laughs> All right, hold on. Did you, come from a, did you come from a shithole? I <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I came from. I'm mostly uh, shocker. I'm mostly Scandinavian. Woo! All right. So far, you're telling. You've been telling me the truth. I've, <laughs> what have you lied about, Strandland? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Discover your DNA story. All right, so I've got 41% from Scandinavia, 32% from Great Britain, 19% from Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and those are the... Um, those are the main chunks. With the mains. And then they have a section for low-confidence regions, <laughs> which is like, you're probably some of this too. Yeah. Uh, Europe West, Iberian Peninsula, which is like Portugal, um, uh, Europe East, and... Caucasus? It looks like, like I would say that's probably just the base root of Caucasian. Oh, Caucasus. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I just, I mean, pretty much. Caucasus is what you're white. Caucasus. That's it. 
Caucasus? Caucasus. I don't know. Caucasus! I'm less than 1% of whatever that is. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, You're very European. I'm very white is okay. what it is. Yes, I'm very Caucasian. Justin? And that, I, I, that I burn out. very easily. It checks out. What so. nationality are you? I, I'm sunburned I'm is sunburned. my nationality. I have to hide from the sun. The best part, though, is, and I haven't really gotten to to uh, throw this his way yet, mm-hmm. um, and I don't even know if he listened to the podcast, so th- if if he does, this is this is me getting to, yeah, get to jab you a little bit. My uncle is from England, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he was convinced that, he was 100% British, and his family has been there for as long as he can remember stories going back and this and that. Turns out he's 23% British. Mm-hmm. Which means he's mostly something else. Which means he's mostly something else. So, like, only 23% of his, like, roots are back actually in Great Britain, and mm-hmm. then the rest of it is, is elsewhere, which I thought was was wild because, you know, as far as we're all concerned, yeah, he's, he's British, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm 32% British, oh. so he, I've got like a roughly a 10% uh, margin on him of being more British. Yeah. Boom. Boom. I mean, I, I may as well be in line for the crown. Am I right? I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm, coming, goes, I'm going to Game of Thrones that shit, y'all. Prince Charles, right? No, didn't he say, is he, he's out of the running now, isn't he? I don't know. All I know is there's Skippy. There's the race car driver? Skippy the race car driver. <laughs> He's the black sheep of the, of the royal family. He's really contending for that crown. Oh, I'm Skippy. Hey, oi, I drive my own car. Oh, I drive my own car. I, I drive need, fast. I don't need anyone to drive me around. No I way. Don't. All I know is one thing, fast and stop. Right. And I don't stop. I best, just go fast. Best exports to come out of the States have been the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> and, the car, and the movie Drive, oh. which wasn't what I thought it would be, but I like me some Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I watched Baby Driver. I'm very disappointed. No babies were driving any cars in that one. Just a young-looking bloke. Also, gotta love Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. Those blokes were very fun. General Lee. A bit racist, but I'm okay with it. Don't agree with the paint job, but I do agree with his sense of driving sensibilities. I like it. Get um, away fast. Get away fast, right? Don't let the bobbies catch you. So there's Skip. <laughs> and I feel like Skip is just, he's going to be our ne- the next king. Is I don't think anyone needs to contest for, from Skip. Prince Skip? Prince Skip. Yo, what's up? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, in my coronation, I like to rap. <laughs> if I could. If you don't mind, I, I got some, some beats. I'm sorry, your royal highness, we've got to stop you there. Please don't rap. <laughs> no, no. This, this is this is my moment. I've been working on this since the fourth grade. <laughs> For one shining moment, Skip gets to rap. <laughs> Drop them beats. <laughs> I was wondering what those lights were there for. Oh, there we go. Mm. Mm, great. <laughs> is that Skrillex in the back? Is he? Skrillex. I didn't think he was. I thought he was American. <laughs> What do you know? What do you know? <laughs> that would be the best fucking coronation ever. Oh, my God. Ever. That'd be amazing. Ever. That'd be so funny. <laughs> skip. Skip. Once he becomes crowned, he's Skip. He's no longer Skippy. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got it. Look, you've got to, at some point, you've got to grow up, right? Yeah. So it's just, you've got, to, you've got to drop that E at the end of your name. Prince Skip. You know, Bobby. Yeah. You know, Dougie. Yeah. Skippy. It's just got, you got to skip. You got to drop it. It's skip. Drop it and be be a man. Be a man, Skip. 
Got to hang up those childish ways. So speaking of, you know, worldly things as well as video games. Um, I'd be very curious to see what you are, by the way. Oh, I'm a mutt. Scottish, probably. So you think. Yeah, I'm a mutt. So you think. It's it's no surprise. I'm a mutt. Uh, probably got some Iowan in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yup. I'm a second generation Iowan. <laughs> <laughs> I got, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm Iowan, man. Yeah. It's wild, dude. Swing uh, state. Woo. Um, speaking of worldly and uh, uh, video games, uh, this past weekend, uh, Mark. <laughs> Did we say anything about video games? Yeah, we talked about, you know, Guitar Hero. Got it. And, you know, well done. trying to be the best. Well done. You know. All right. Um, my This past weekend marked the beginning of Blizzard Games uh, League for the video game Overwatch. So if you're not familiar with this, uh, it's a first-person shooter uh, on the computer as well as consoles. <clears throat> wildly popular, wildly successful. Shocking, it's a Blizzard game. It's generally very successful. And Blizzard actually put together a professional league with teams in several different cities around the world. Most of them are in the U.S. You've got like the Houston Outlaws, the New York Excelsior, the Los Angeles Galaxy. There's another L.A. team. Uh, and then there's like uh, one in Seoul, North Korea. There's one in London. And a couple others. There's basically, I think, 12 teams. And it marks their opening of, of regular season, which is crazy to me. Because it was televised over Twitch, like live streamed with announcers, uh, people that were running stats, people that were calling the games That's like insane. as it was happening. You got people that were doing post-game breakdowns of this and that. And it, it was ludicrous to me to see all this effort going into this. But it was awesome at the same time. Because okay. I like this game. I'm not very good at it. I'm okay, but I'm not really that good. So... When I see high-level people playing this and all that, but at the level where... And this is what I love about it, too. Each team has their own custom colors. Okay. And the games, the, the, the game designers program those colors in there for them for those teams. So if you are the Houston Outlaws, your color scheme is on all of the characters that you play. Really? Versus if you're playing the New York wow. Excelsior, you have your own specific color scheme. Wow. So it's very, like... It's very, very cool, and and it, as a casual gamer, for a limited time, you could choose one of those skins to go on one particular character. Like your team. To, like like you, to support them, Yeah, yeah. It's like buying think, a jersey. Yeah, which I thought was really, really cool. That's wild, man. So they were doing these matches, and they were playing each other. I was like, this is fucking amazing yeah. that, like, this is my first sort of foray into the esports. Um, you know, it's a fucking industry, man. In Korea, obviously, it's been around for years sure for sure. decades like they actually have gaming schools where kids will sign up and they'll go and they just game and that's like their careers yeah become a professional gamer and video game high school right there you go and here in the u.s it's just still kind of a it exists but not to the level of like those guys over there are celebrities yeah like People will follow these gamers around like rock stars. Like That's these, these, wild, man. Did is, you ever think that like when you were growing up playing NES, that one day you'd get to the point to see someone who plays a video game <laughs> fucking having the same 
the same clout as a rock star or a, or a, a pro athlete or anything like that? Well, it's unbelievable just because, like I was just telling you off mic, this that happened. I think it was it was Thursday through you know Saturday, and then the fucking NFL playoffs are happening, and I see the similarities right between pregame. During the game, halftime, breaking down everything, you know, post game, talking about what's happening, what's going on next. I'm like, whoa, this is basically the same thing. And I'm looking at these announcers. I'm like, where'd they get these guys? Because not only that, you talk about calling a game. It's one thing to call a football game where it's like, all right. Uh, There's a timeout in the field. You know, 30 seconds. We're going to go to our advertiser. Yeah, yeah. Drew Brees got the ball. He's looking for this. He throws it. We've got a catch. It's inbounds. And the time's still going. This is six <laughs> on six. Just complete madness happening at any given moment. I listen to these guys quickly talk and nail and see who's what doing what at any given time and all that. But also, you have people that are in the game with the camera, like going from first person view to just general wide shots, like sort of like panning around, flipping here to there, and they know how to do it. They have a whole like director's trailer set up like a real and they're calling the camera shots to switch exactly. to switch to this person's pov switch to this person switch yes. to the wide cam but the yeah fuck man i was like this is incredible like and the thing that i liked about it was blizzard took a real approach just because the world of esports is really shady still okay where someone's like hey i own a team why don't you come join my team sign this contract hey you got fucked you know uh, there's been countless stories of players who join a team, but then they don't get paid. Like the managers are shitty people yeah. or whatever. And Blizzard was like, we're going to do this the right way. We're going to set this league up. In fact, uh, the owner of the Patriots, Kraft, owns one of the teams. Really? The guy who owns the Rams owns one of the teams. Shit, man. Like people, I, and that blows my mind because people see enough value in this to be like, cool. I'm going to own one of these. Well, that kind of brings me to my first question, which is, do you think esports could ever eclipse regular sports as far as advertising and and how much it's worth goes? And the reason I bring that up is because you think about, and this is why I've for for a long time been a proponent of uh, or or, or been behind the fact that uh, eventually streaming video, uh, online video will eclipse advertising wise now people in the advertising industry would widely dispute this and say it won't be for 50 more years or 100 more years <clears throat> and that's great but i i personally gut feeling disagree i think i think that uh streaming video will one day eclipse uh advertising wise what television does what broadcast regular broadcast tv does only because the marketing potential that you have is vastly more uh, there. There's so much more you can do with it, and how you can like micro target different different uh, groups and demographics, and you go you get your qualitative and quantitative data, and talking about oh this and you know it's it's women that are 18 to 34 that smoke and drive a Subaru and have one kid and live in this part of the you can directly market right to that fucking demographic. Like as an advertiser, if I knew you could do that, that's where my money's going. Because I know that these like one video that someone uploads can get more views than a season finale of the highest rated television show out there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's so like that is coming. I can't see that this wouldn't 
be following the same trajectory. Eventually. I, I sense you got really excited as you were talking about that. Why is that? Because I think there's it. It's it's been around in a organized fashion for about ten plus years now. It's still very much the wild west, but the amount that it's grown in that time is exciting. Yeah, and I think with <clears throat> YouTube came out, it was upload anything you want. It was cat videos. It was, you know, crazy, just whatever you fucking want. You know, someone opening a Christmas gift. Yeah. Then it started to get actually like more formatted in actual shows and genres. And you got the gamers and the vloggers and you've got sketch comedy. You've got short films and you've got this and docs. And you've got all these things now that are starting to like, it's it's organizing. Then you've got uh, actual management companies and agencies representing big Hollywood celebrities who are now representing and picking up YouTube celebrities. Then comes in Netflix and Amazon and that, and they're bringing a budget that is only seen in Hollywood to a format that is kind of bridging into where that, that streaming video goes. So there's, there's so much potential uh, to break the mold as how you, as far as how you tell stories and who can get in Mm -hmm. because Hollywood for so long has been such an exclusive club and you needed, you needed either the backing or you needed, uh, you know, someone's permission, or you needed something to get in, right? Yeah. Now it's just a you. There are so many avenues to get in it. It, it has blown the doors wide open. Yeah. Which I think is that's why I get excited is because the possibilities are literally endless. I think that's why I get excited too because I always, <clears throat> I'm not anti-establishment, but I'm anti people who are stuck. And right. they're You said breaking the mold. The people that are stuck in their ways because that's how we've always done it. Right. So they kind of slow themselves down. They're not as innovative. And to a certain extent, they didn't need to be as innovative because the technology didn't exist. So why bother? But it's the same thing that happened with the music industry where there was a demand for downloading music digitally versus buying CDs. It was cheaper and everything like that. And the industry resisted. And it happened anyway. Right. And they were underprepared. And I think that will always be a lesson that people will have where they're like, we got to pay attention to that. Right. Because we could have another Napster on our hands. We could have anything like that. <laughs> and to a certain extent, I think it is happening because <clears throat> things like YouTube, like you said, I mean, th- they've got, what is it, uh, Google Preferred payments for yeah. people, basically, where they get the top five percent of ads will go through them and they get huge amounts of payouts for their ads and things yeah. like that. Like there's things in place where people can literally create content on YouTube for a living. Yes. And make good money. And a lot of doing people it. are doing it like way more than I think a lot of like the younger generation sees it. They're mm-hmm. watch. They're the ones watching them and, and they're the ones funding it by watching these ads. The older generations are a lot of them are aware of it. I don't think they understand how deep it goes. I agree with you 100% on that. And I think also I think what gets me excited from a marketing perspective is why would I spend millions of dollars on a Super Bowl commercial right. when I can spend less and hit exactly the people that I want through something that's like YouTube. Exactly. We could check all those demographic bo- demographic boxes and know I'm hitting who I want to hit. Absolutely. Versus like, we're going to shotgun blast this out into the ether. Right. And hopefully we're going to hit the people that we want. Right. And that's just an old way of doing it. We're like, well, this is the best way to do it. Right. How many people are watching this? This is a hot program right now. So we need to put an ad on there because it may not hit all those boxes, but it's going to hit a lot of people. Right. And that's better than nothing. Right. Because I got news for you. Ratings? Mm-hmm. 
Don't mean the same. Not not as uh, not as trackable as as people might lead you to believe. Yeah, it, it's they're not like it's a best guess. Sure, you know exactly. It's yeah. I'm sure we could go down that road very yeah. easily on like, well, who actually has a Nielsen box and right. all that sort of stuff. But set tops versus diaries and purple per- purple people readers, personal yeah. people readers, and yeah. things like that. But still, it's it's nowhere near as targetable as online or digital advertising. I mean, is. you could take this, you know, the recent Logan Paul stuff. You sure. Know, like, aside from him, you know, doing that video, I mean, he's still getting subscribers at an exponential rate. And not to mention that one of his videos will easily get 10 million views. Yeah, absolutely. Easily. Or someone like Philip DeFranco. Right. On average gets one to six million views on one of his videos. Right. Like, that's look talk at, about targeted. Look at PewDiePie. Yeah. You know, you no, know for fuck's sake. Yeah, like, that's, that's the top of the game. Yeah, 58. 58 million subscribers. And, you know, whatever video, like, millions of people are going to watch those videos. It's like, that is yeah. the future. Yeah. That is absolutely the future, which is so exciting to me. So yeah. when we think about esports, it's a tough pill to swallow. But I think about how there's all this stuff going on with things like football right mm-hmm. now, where they're like injuries and things like that. No one's going to be coming over to this you know, side anytime soon. Uh, but I, I like where it's going because it's a completely different aspect absolutely. of competition. That is exciting. It's not perfect. Uh, as my brother pointed out right now, um, it's so interesting because Dave knows a lot of the players that are on these teams yeah. because they have individual Twitch feeds that he watches, gets to know them, knows mm-hmm. who they are, which is almost like, I guess, following a professional athletes' Instagram or Twitter feed. Sure, yeah. But you get to see this person live playing games. You get to know them, see what they do. And then you get to see them play. Right now on some of these teams, there's a huge disparity in talent. Okay. Like a lot of the games that Dave watched, uh, they were blowouts. Yeah. Three nothing, three nothing. At one point he's like, oh my God, it's a tie. We're going to over. Like it was just like massive blowouts, which I think is probably going to happen right yeah, out of yeah. the gate. Um, people are probably still trying to figure out how to find the talent. Uh, like the Seoul Korea team is just massively better than everyone else. Oh, they sure, because I mean they've had what decades to, or at least a decade's worth of of yeah. being into this. You know, yeah, they have all their stuff, training and stuff like that. They good managing, good coaching, absolutely. Like, they yeah. know how to do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I have to believe that over time, that's going to even out. Sure, I think um, it'll probably take a while. I bet you they they, they dominate the the sport for a good a good while. I, I I can't imagine it was really any different than the NFL when sure. it first started or any other professional sport when it started. Like you probably had some teams that were just stacked, yeah, from the beginning, and then they established themselves as like this you know this team that's really good. It starts yeah. with a nice rich history of who these teams are, but over time. Rules get in place. We refine things to the point where it's like, cool. People get drafted, traded. Maybe people start to move around, and then it exactly. starts to get dispersed. The talent gets dispersed. Exactly. You know, you, you maybe you have salary caps or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it yeah. Gets to the point Rules where, start, regulations come in. Yeah. yeah, people start taking a look at this and realizing, all right, cool. It's the same thing that they've done with football or basketball. Sure. Where they're like, we got to make this a little more interesting. How do we make that more interesting? Because right now, we've got like a couple of teams that are just beating everyone's ass. Right. So... How do we fix that? Right. You know, because we obviously want people that are good to, you know, we want to see that, but we've got to find, you know, a way to, you know, get that sort of stuff. One word. Yeah. Dynamite. Dynamite. How's that work? 
So you just start throwing random sticks of lit dynamite on the field. Ah! You, you want to start seeing people really get like, yeah. that game? Yeah, that'll le- that'll level the playing field. <laughs> I'm willing to bet a draft would probably be the the initial thing where okay. the team that does the worst gets first opportunity to draft sure. some other team. Sure. Like so that way, and I'm sure they're going to be under contract for a couple of seasons before they can become a free agent. Yeah. I don't see any reason why you couldn't adopt the same principles, and, principles like and that sort of stuff. Guidelines, yeah. yeah so I, I really hope, man, that, that they start to figure out the whole uh, agent thing. Because like, I didn't know they were getting, a lot of people were getting dicked over outside of, obviously outside of the Blizzard realm, yeah. just in the general esports, in the larger esports arena. I did not realize that was a thing. So I really hope that people start legitimizing it because and start holding people accountable because that's, I mean, there's, there's so much potential that this could have yeah and again i i see no reason why this could not eclipse match or eclipse down the road uh your your traditional sports as far as ad revenue goes well what's cool again is because you got these people these kids spend fucking money man yeah these kids spend a lot of money dude if 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 you if after we're done here i'm gonna have you pull up a video like the arenas and the amount of people that show up to these events they're greater more people show up to this than the super bowl that's insane watch these kids face off (laughs) And this is like not even Overwatch, just yeah. over in Korea. People are diehard fans of these players, and they show up. It's like a goddamn, it, I don't even know how to describe it. Thunderdome. It is. Yeah. It's this massive arena full of people that are chanting wow. over video games. Yeah, yeah. And it's insane. And like people just really get into it. So I look over here. It's like you've got a team with a city attached to it. So you got a ge- geography attached to that, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And what I loved about this, too, is when Overwatch came out, as it was successful, Blizzard released like a five-minute video. And they said, here's our plan for creating a league. And it was really well done. And they talked about making sure everything was fair for the players, fair for the league. And they talked about even having like open invitationals. So That's awesome. You can basically go and like play the game because there's a competitive thing you can do in the game. Um, you can play competitively. And mm-hmm. then if you get your rank up high enough, I think they'll invite you to some of these open events. That's awesome. You perform. If you perform well, it's possible you could be up on there to be noticed, to be drafted, to be right. picked up, and things like that, and to earn actual stuff. And they talked about how they were gonna uh, originally gonna have like you're gonna be have your own home team in your city that people can cheer for. You're gonna have your profile where people can learn more about you That's and like nuts. give you the the you know, exposure and stuff like that. And it was so crazy to see them pull up this guy. They've got a picture of him like you'd see Drew Brees, and they're like, here of all his stats. This is the character that he plays. This is how much damage they've done. Right. This is their kill-death ratio. This is how much they've healed. Like like in basketball, they talk about a wingspan. They talk about his hand span. Yeah. You know, yeah pinky to four. Thumb to pinky. Here's he's how playing Mercy. i got to yeah. tell you, the amount of healing that this guy can get done is unparalleled. He is the best Mercy player in the league, <laughs> hands down. And what's crazy about this game, too, is there's like 26 characters you can play. That's a lot. And at any given time, you can switch out. Okay. And I was watching one match, and I think they were about a third of the way through. A little thing popped up and said that they, all the players, 21 out of 26 of the characters have been used. Okay. So the players, based on the situation, knew what combination to switch over to to play in order to be victorious. Wow. Which blows my mind because you've got different classes like – so it's not just a straight up first person shooter. It is to a degree, but it's yeah. very team based. Well, it's kind of like a Team Fortress. It is, like, but even in, more so in the sense where you've got like diff- you've got your heavies, your yes. medics, your lights, your this and that. Kind People of thing. often argue that this is kind of a rip off of TF2 for some of the characters. Sure, but you have like your characters that are known as your tanks. Yeah. So these are like your heavies of Team Fortress 2 that they can take a lot of damage. 
some of our sort of tank hybrids where they're really good at getting people out of position. Like there's a guy named Roadhog that has a hook. Okay. And sometimes if these guys are in really entrenched positions, if he aims it right, he can hook a character to him. Okay. And he's got a shotgun and he just blasts them to shit. The very least, he can pull people out of position. Sure, yeah. Uh, there's other ones that are just straight tanks. Like there's, there's a guy in like robot armor that has the shield that can take like 2,500 bits of damage before it breaks. So he's there to hold the line, push people forward, yeah, and protect yeah. different things. So there's <laughs> and there's some other ones that are really good at diving. Like there's this giant ape that can jump great distances to get behind the lines to hassle and whatever. Yeah. Then you've got things like your defensive players. So these players are really good for holding choke points. Like, there's a guy that's, like, the engineer that can build turrets. Uh, there's other people that are, like, snipers that are really good at holding lanes. And then, <coughs> excuse me, you've got your damage dealers. These people are really weak, but they're really good at dishing out the damage. Uh, like, there's a there's a, a girl named Tracer. She's kind of, like, the mascot for the game, and she can teleport. she got the short hair, the short yeah. orange hair. Yeah. So, like, she's insanely difficult to track because she gets three bursts of teleporting. So yeah, she yeah. can go, pew, pew, pew. So... <laughs> The ones that are really good with her will zip past the main line, destroy the healers, and then zip out. Nice. Fucking hate them. Like the, the really good ones, I'm like, fuck you. And then lastly, you have your healers, yeah. people that are support. Yeah, They're yeah. basically there to heal or provide additional bonuses to your team. So you got four different like categories, and within there you have 26 players, okay. 26 characters. So each character is a little bit different within those categories, so... Not only are they just good at the game, but they're good enough with all of those characters to know when to switch, who should be what character, and how are they going to execute this stuff. Because there's a lot of situation that comes down to just seconds. Yeah. Like, if you play this at the exact right time, and everyone does what they're supposed to, you'll win or you'll lose. Right. If you pop it too early, that's it. You're done. You wasted it. Or if you, you know, move Sounds wrong, like my promenade, am I right? Right. Because people will get these ultimate abilities that will charge up. And then they use them, and they're usually pretty important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, one of the guys will shoot this fucking giant dragon that just goes straight ahead. So if you're in its way, you're dead. Yeah. There's someone else that will basically jump, take, she's in this giant, like, robot suit. Her name's Diva, And she will send off a self-destruct button. So, so the robot suit blows up? It explodes. And All if right. you're caught in the blast, you're dead. So it's a good way of, if people are, like, really what they call turtling up, which is they're just really entrenched. Yeah. Pop that person in there to get people to scatter. Yeah. Either you kill them or at least you get them out of their positions. Right, right. Sort of stuff. So all that sort of stuff can be used to perfection to save people. Yeah. And and, and to do that sort of stuff. So aside from just being good at the game, to have the knowledge and the expertise at all of those characters, so important. Yeah. And to be able to use them in fluid motion with your team is really impressive to me. And so I have to assume that these teams practice with each other then too. Oh, they have to. Yeah, you'd have to. Like, there's no just like you get like formations like, and like different. Like, it's almost like it's like uh, military drills where you're you're like, all right, so if they're if we see this, then this is the this is the tactic we do. We we pull out play fourteen mm-hmm. from our playbook based on this map and what we're trying to do. Because yeah. sometimes it's like moving a payload. Yeah. To a certain point, other times it's capturing a point for a certain amount of time and holding onto it, King of the Hill style. Um, so depending on the type of map that you're in and the, cause I mean, there's, you can, you can definitely knock people off ledges. It's called booping. Boop. It's, it's, yeah, it's my favorite terminology that's come out of this Yes, because there's a character that, uh, his name's Lucio and he's like, he uses all these like different sound wave stuff and he does this thing where he blasts you with, uh, <laughs> with sound and he goes boop <laughs> and 
you can knock people off the edge all the time. It's one of the most satisfying things to yeah, do yeah, with yeah. your hand. You're like, wow. And people just go, no. Because there's nothing you can do against nope. it. Yeah. Because like in one uh, map, it's King of the Hill. Yeah. You have to be in this area. In this main area that you have to hold, there's a giant well. There it is. Yep. So people are constantly like, blah. They're doing whatever they can. The guy with the hook, what they'll do is sometimes he'll reach you across, and then when you hit him, his belly, you just it, the hook drops, and then suddenly you fall into the pit. Oh, okay. So he'll be like, ha gotcha, see ya, bitch, and then you fall to your death. Yeah, yeah. There's another character that can shoot like a little ball of energy that will suck you to it. Okay. So they'll kind of put it towards the edge, and you go, and then you fall down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's someone that can fly up in the air, and they'll shoot this little concussive blast that'll knock you. Like So your surroundings can be totally used to your advantage based on that sort of stuff. Yeah. And knowing how to use them and how to get your way out of them and everything like that, like, it's so important, and... The amount of hours. It's it's no different than someone who plays a professional sport. I mean, you've got to practice. You've got to know the know the, the strategies. Yeah. I know your team. Right. You know, with football, it's like, what's the weather going to be like? Right. Is it turf? Is it real grass? Um, you know, who's injured? You know, who's really good at what? Right. How can we use that to our advantage? Or how, what do we have to be careful of? Yeah, like, absolutely. Sure. In any given time, like if this person plays a certain character, we got to know they're really good. They are known for the being this character. So... How do we respond to that? And if they're that other team, they're like, what if we don't play that character? How can we use that to our advantage? So there's a lot of strategy that goes into it that I love. Yeah. And it's so impressive to me because I really think – I text this to you. I go, I feel like I'm watching something that's like on the cusp of being like really awesome. Yeah. Because no one puts that much effort – you're not going to put that much time and effort and money into something if you don't want it to go somewhere. Now – XFL wanted to go somewhere too. Sure, you know, but I look at this. I'm they like, they were ahead of the they were ahead of the curve though. In today's day and age, XFL could come back and it could do well. Yeah, what was the what was the draw to the XFL? Uh, what, what was their? I think well, McMahon wanted to make it a little bit more extreme. Like it was he he kind of encouraged uh, the showboating. He encouraged yeah. the behind the scenes. They had they actually had some like. Some of the drama of the WWE, so like they had, you know, will will they won't they with the cheerleader or oh. with uh, like it would you kind of had more of the people would get in fights backstage and they would televise that, but that like the football was real, yeah. um, but it was supposed to be more in your face extreme gotcha. version of that, and they're the ones who developed the flyover camera that the NFL yes, uses. Now. I remember seeing that yeah. and going like, "That's really cool," yes. and I, I that's the one thing I remember. From that's like the one holdover else. that the NFL went. You know what? That's actually that a really good cam idea. Is really fucking cool, especially yeah. if you see a kickoff and it yeah. stays on that camera the whole time. Yeah. And you get to see that. That's really really. Cool. Now I heard rumors that they are trying to bring the XFL back, mm. and I think I again I think that in today's day and age, it could have a platform yeah. because there are so many more platforms now. Yeah. Early two thousands, it wasn't there because you literally had television and cable. Yeah. But now with all the streaming, so like you could strike up a deal with Amazon. And they're the exclusive carrier of the XFL, That's actually, something like that, you know. There are more avenues. Yeah, like you, so you could, you really could find your own home with that now. So, but the problem the, is finding the players to do it. I think is the challenge. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a problem at all. Because think so. No, because a lot of what it was was people who either a were on the uh, uh, the the practice squads that mm -hmm. never actually got to 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 suit up and get on the field. People who would try out but never never actually got yeah. drafted. Uh, people who played in college 
but knew they weren't going to get drafted, or some ex-players who they had retired and they were they were like, gotcha. I got a few more years in me sure. if I can do something slightly different. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> the XFL would not be successful as esports, and here's why. First of all, for whatever reason, there seems to be a decline allegedly in NFL viewership. Okay. Now I don't know if it's because of you know, players blasting their wives in the face in an elevator or um, deflate gate or the concussions and the violence or the fact that, you know, the whole kneeling. It could be for any number of reasons. Sure. But they keep saying how there's a decline in viewership. I don't know how accurate that is. Yeah. So I think it would be tough to be like, here's this other extreme league. You know what I mean? I think it's a tough Right. Well, sell that's fair. Now. That's fair. But... Um, I think with esports, there's a huge gaming community out there mm -hmm. that's ever growing. So, to, first of all, you have to find a great game, which I think Overwatch is. Yes. Okay. And you can design a really good league around it, which I think they have. Okay. So I think the opportunity for this to to grow and the fact that Robert Kraft has invested in this just shows that there's a lot of potential here mm -hmm. for this to grow and to capture. Because to us, it's like, holy shit, people are playing video games and competing right. in a regular season, and there's going to be a playoffs, and there's going to be like a victory. A championship. It's going to be yeah. a championship. Like, that blows my mind. It's yeah. a five-month season. No, it, it's it, it it's super legit. Like, yeah. it makes you it, – it's hard to wrap your head around it almost, and I understand that there's going to be a large swath of people who don't get it yeah. and who resist it, but I would say to that – any anything any any revolutionary thing has seen that yeah you know like has seen people go I don't get it that doesn't make sense to me sure yeah. and also to consider there are gamers all over the world mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. isn't just a regional sort of thing like there are intense gamers all over the place there's a lot of great European players there's a great you know obviously Asian market there's great U S players like there's a lot of really great talent out there right. That you can see like coming and going, which I think would be really, really cool. Because there's also, I mean, there's communities for all different types of games out there too. Just the leagues aren't up to this point. Like TBS had a Counter Strike league that they were broadcasting on a regular basis, which I would tune into and be like, dude, this is kind of cool. Right. Watching right. these teams just play against each other. TBS hosted the uh, Overwatch Invitational like tournament. I watched the championships for that. Like there is obviously a market for this out there yeah. where people can participate and people can join in. I love the idea of there being a team that's associated with a city. Right. Because it because it takes it almost up a notch in there aren't just this this guild or this team. They are the Houston Outlaws. Right. I'm like there's, that <clears throat> there's a sense of loyalty there. There's an association with yeah. Yeah, there's there is a region that's associated with this team that you can root for. And I think that's cool. It gives you this legitimacy that that to another level. Yeah. Where I'm like, that's cool. Where you can be like, dude, the Houston Outlaws just won the first round of the playoffs. Right. Like, right. That's so cool. As opposed to I can't remember any of the teams like like Cloud Nine just won. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. You know, <laughs> right, and yeah. And, and trust me, people follow these teams religiously as Absolutely, it is. but if you want to mainstream it, 
and you want to get that, mm-hmm. like if you want to get the viewership that we're talking about with like that the Houston Astros get mm-hmm. or the Dallas Cowboys, like if you want to get that yeah. kind of viewership, then you do have to tie it to an identi- a, a more public identity, which is the city is the easiest way to go. Exactly. And again, the fact that people follow these teams religiously as it is, I'm like, there is, it just needs almost to be centralized. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe you have your, I don't know. Do you have your Houston at, uh, Outlaws for for all different types of games? You know what I mean? Or do you, uh, I see what you're saying. So do you have like the Overwatch division, and then you have the Houston Outlaws Counter Strike Halo edition? Is yeah. that still a thing? Yeah. yeah. Or your you know your uh, Call of Duty, right? Right. Or you know like your League of Legends, yeah, yeah. or you know what I mean? Like wow, yeah. Do you have yeah your World of Warcrafts? Yeah. Do you have your set aside game? I don't know. You know, there's still there's all sorts of stuff. You know, I would say yes. Starcraft. You know, people and stuff that. I mean, I would say yes. I would say you would need to do a different division for each. Pick, you know, pick it, pick a, a game of a certain caliber, and and everyone. I would say I would say the way it needs should it should go is there's similar to football. There's the there's the the commissioner right. There's the yeah. the guy who oversees the whole thing, and they go. You know what? This thing has gotten big enough. We're gonna make teams that exist. Get a division ready mm-hmm. in 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 your in your area, and we're gonna we're gonna. This is the next game that you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. So you've got your count your your Overwatch division, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna have your uh, World of Warcraft division mm-hmm. or your whatever division. And yeah. I think I would say that a central body needs to a central world body needs to yeah. kind of govern when you do another leg of your team, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, that actually reminds me. There was a um, uh, documentary I watched not too long ago about shocking. A guy I know, right, in Europe who was we hosting, get it. You're you're enlightened. You like documentaries. Yeah. Uh, he was you're educated. He was hosting these giant gaming events all over the world, yeah. and just to showcase like how great these were, and that people will actually show up for it. And it was impressive because he was all worried at one point in time, like one of the biggest places within the U.S. He's like, I don't know if we're gonna make money on this, and people showed up in droves, yeah. like to see this this event and these games. And I was, and they had like these amazing moments. And it was really cool just to see, like, but I'm like, what if you had a central body that could assist with all of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you'd organize it, but I absolutely see this at some point growing to a level that people can appreciate. Because, again, the average person who plays video games, I don't know what the, the, the largest, the, the oldest age range is. I couldn't tell you. That's, I, what, mid-40s? Probably, I would say, yeah, Maybe. like because it's the people probably just just above where we are, yeah, who had like NES and Atari and like that's kind of the. So I would say like yeah. mid forties, yeah, forty five ish would be like the last kind of or the the, yeah. the oldest, yeah. Not saying that anyone beyond that couldn't play the games, but on average, that's going to be your top probably doesn't. top bracket, yeah. So as those as with that only getting older though, exactly. So as that age, <coughs> that that sort of like top limit continues to age. Not only do they theoretically have more money, but the interest in that also grows. So it's definitely something to consider over the next 10 to 15 years. Absolutely. How is this going to grow in interest? Because people are already interested in it. You yeah. Know? Well, and then you've got not only do you have what, you, what you've got now with Overwatch, but now you have a whole other line of things coming out with VR. Oh, Jesus. So like, it's an, like there are so many still uh, breakthroughs being made in the industry at large, mm-hmm. 
that you could really I mean there's a countless number of ways you could take you could take this. Yeah. Countless number of ways you could take it. Now the one drawback is Lay it on me, practical Doug. <laughs> well, I used to say one of the drawbacks. Um, with football, the game will always be the same. There's no updates that need to take place in the game. Interesting. You may have to update the rules. You may have to repaint the lines, but the game will exist in its current state for eternity. Overwatch won't always be Overwatch. That's interesting. You're going to have to update graphics. You're going to have to maintain different things like... Mm-hmm. Overwatch may not be around in 20 years. Sure. But the game sure, of football sure. will exist and has existed for decades. That's a very fair point. So that's the one thing is what's the life cycle of these games. Now, it's great if you if you create one of these games because it just increases the longevity. Absolutely, yeah. aspects of it, like Counter-Strike's been around forever. Yeah. So I would say esports probably would prolong the life of a game I would I think would so. Assume, but the developers would also have to keep up to date with the game itself to make sure that it still looks good, that it still functions properly, using the best, the latest softwares and all. Because the- they also make tweaks and balances right. to the characters all the time to make sure the gameplay is fair. So what, like for example, this character Mercy, she's a healer. Um, she used to do this thing where basically, if she was close, it was like the almost exact copy of the medic from okay. Team Fortress Two, where. She would have the stream of heals, and at some point in time, she would reach her max 100%, and then her key ultimate ability was she could resurrect anyone on her team that was dead around here. So what teams would do was they'd have this Mercy at 100%, they would dive in, all die, and then she would do a massive five-person team res, pop back up, fight again, clear the area. Interesting. They changed her mechanics entirely. Oh. To where now... She has an individual person res on a cooldown, but her massive ultimate now is known as Valkyrie, and she basically can fly around, she can boost people's damage and heal them at insane rates, and she regenerates at a crazy rate. That's a huge change to the gameplay of that character. Interesting. They're also continually releasing new characters in the game, almost like X-Men. There's a guy named Doomfist, which I think was a giant missed opportunity to call Mr. Fister, but that's just me. Um... But he's this guy that has this giant gauntlet, almost like an infinity gauntlet. Yeah. And he completely changed the way that a lot of people play the game. Okay. Because what he's good at is breaking through those lines <clears throat> and, and messing people up. Okay. Because people would kind of have their like their lines with the heavy, you know, the big, thick muscle people in the front and the weaker people in the back. He would burst through those lines, disrupt people so that <laughs> the weaker people could get attacked. Okay. And his massive ability is called Meteor Strike. Where he literally goes, Meteor Strike! And there's this giant target on the map, and he can move it, and then go... Okay. So, that changed the way that people play. Yeah. So, that's what's interesting, too, is because as these characters get tweaked, or as these new characters get added, they call it the meta, which is basically the current way that the game functions best. Okay. The current lineup, or whatever. The meta will constantly change, which makes it interesting... But also, how long until that game looks like shit because it hasn't been updated in a while? You right. You know what I mean? Right. How long? And when you do updates, do you do updates professionally mid-season? Right. Or do you just do it to the casual players and then later on in between seasons do it to the professionals? Right. There's a lot of things to consider there. What do you think about that? <clears throat> well, I think I, well, the other question that kind of begs then too is, is the developers that are working on this, how long do you want to work on a game? Yeah. Like until it starts to go like, Dude, we've been working on this for five years. Like it took us five years 
to get it to market. Mm -hmm. Now we've been working on it another five years just to update it and this and that. Yeah. And another five years for the... Now it's 15 years later. Do I still want to work in this game? Well, Blizzard's you know? big enough where I'm sure they could rotate people in and out of it. But you bring different people in. Is that going to change? You know what I mean? Like, is it going to, like, there's 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 a level of, like, mm -hmm. there's consistency versus uh, interest. Ver you sure. know what I mean? Because uh, there's actually a story that plays out in this game as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's because originally it was going to be, like, a giant MMO like World of Warcraft. Sure. But then they scrapped it, and they're like, let's do this. And it has a pretty fantastic story, yeah. which is usually told out in short cinematic films that they yeah. release and everything like that, where you're like, whoa, there's a greater thing at play here, which is kind of interesting, and I would love to know more about the story. So that actually is taking place. So as they release these characters and stuff like that, it's like there's actually this story that's kind of being told at the same time. Yeah. So um, oh, that's a really good point. Like, But to your point, I think, too, like, you're – if you've got a professional organization that's that's that you're bringing in huge dollars as far as you know sp sponsorships and advertising revenue and this and that, you definitely need to cater to that first. But then, are you doing disservice to your average gamer? Yeah, you know. And then if you but if you focus on them, now you're you're sliding the advertisers, and everyone is paying for the professional side of it. So when you split yourself into an amateur and a professional side. You start to have to kind of balance because your all of your money is not going to come from one side. Mm -hmm. And while you're getting a shitload from both sides, if you cut off one of those revenue streams, if you piss off the people who are bringing in the money on one of those revenue streams, that's a huge hit to your bottom line. Yeah. So, yeah, how do you how do you balance that? Like, do you just roll it out? For everyone, say the casual gamers, look, you're only going to get it in the off season, mm -hmm. you know. And then, it, what do the casual gamers say when they're used to getting maybe once a month, men mm -hmm. once a quarter? They're they're used to getting their updates, yeah, you know. Or you know, kind of going back to it again, how like, you know, the game of football isn't necessarily owned; it's owned by the NFL, right? Right. There aren't necessarily competing organizations out there. There's Canadian football and things like that, sure. But no one is reinventing football or giving you a different version of football right. and being like, oh, by the way, this could be competitive too. Blizzard owns Overwatch. Right. Uh, Valve owns Counter-Strike. Right. Uh, I don't know who owns uh, Call of Duty. I don't care. But like each of those gaming companies... It's Activision? Doesn't each, matter. Each of those gaming companies owns that property. Right. So that also puts a vested interest in the gaming company who owns the property so you also that means you can't necessarily will you still be able to use blizzard's formula for their league with valve so for counter-strike so you're saying like could you have that that worldwide commissioner or or that that commission that yeah. that oversee that has an overwatch over yeah. like oversees the whole that oversees everything if you're bringing different properties into it. Yeah. Like, could you have one neutral body that oversees multiple companies throwing yeah. their, their games in the ring? Because the games or ultimately do you fraction, are, faction them off. Because because that's the thing too. Our games going to be made solely for the sake of professional play. Right. But the whole point of that is not as what draws people in is because they're also also casual gamers. As well, right? Because they can watch and understand and play, right? Which is the difference between football, baseball, and everything else is that you don't. Everyone who watches football doesn't always then go outside and toss the pigskin around. Like and not only that, like yeah. 
not everyone can throw the football or catch the football or kick the football or run. Right. In this game, you can do any of those right. things. Th- this game, you may not be able to do it as well. Sure, but this game is reliant upon the yeah. fact that their audience comes from the gaming community, people who also like to play these games. Yes. So you do have to take that into heavy consideration. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. The idea of... Because that makes me wonder, because, like, for example, there's some games that are beloved that are old mm-hmm. that still exist. Like, for example, Diablo 2. Sure. That game came out 2000. Sure. Servers are still running for it. Yeah. Uh, Warcraft 3, same thing. Came out... Actually, War, Diablo 2 probably came out before 2000. Warcraft 3 came out around 2000, uh, 2001. Servers still run for it. Mm-hmm. Like... At some point in time, like, how long are they going to be running the stuff for this game right. before they're like, eh, it's not worth it? And then when that league goes away, what then? Right. Do they switch to a different game? Is you everyone know? out of a job? And is it a Blizzard game? Because this is, this is owned by Blizzard. Yeah. And there's, Blizzard's got a habit of creating very competitive level games. Sure, like yeah. StarCraft is one of the very well-known ones for that. Uh, they have a card, uh, a deck-building game called Hearthstone. That one's super competitive. Sounds fascinating. Um, and what else? I mean, World of Warcraft actually has competitive seasons for their arena play, player versus player. Um, they've got a bunch of stuff. I don't think Diablo has anything competitive. But Diablo 3. Yeah, Diablo 3. I don't think it has anything competitive. Um, but, you know, majority of their games are, are suited to that, but I don't know. It's like people also watch these other games as well that are competitive. Yeah. So I don't know. It's fascinating. I don't know how to. Should it all be roped in? Should it be separate? I don't know. Yeah. I, well, the thing you could you could you could rope it in. You can do it. So I, I, the the one way that you can kind of tie, if you look at all the different all the different uh, publishers, right? You've got, and I don't. I'm not going to go through all of them because I don't know all of them. If you go through all the different publishers, though, there there's there is one kind of binding thing that all of them can get behind. And all of them can throw their games into that will never go out of style. A throwdown. Huzzah! <laughs> I was like, he's going the long way around to set this up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was drawing pentagons on my thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've done this before. Okay. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there, and if we have, I have a backup ready. Nice. Uh, but I thought it was very apropos to what we were talking about. Uh PC gamers versus console gamers. I think we've done this before. Because we've done Marvel fans versus DC fans. Maybe we haven't. I feel like this has come up before. Has it? Well, it's an ongoing debate. I say let's do it. Or we could do the backup one, do some research, and then next week we could throw that one out there. Um, well, what's the backup one? Well, the backup one was pirate versus space pirate. Okay, well, let's do PC gamer versus console gamer. <laughs> well, no, I have two actual people. Oh. Yeah, it's just I'm I giving you the general. I was like, no. <laughs> space pirate. Water okay. pirate versus space pirate. <laughs> Go. <laughs> um, well, it's hard with, like, we're talking like an actual battle to the death of a PC gamer versus like a. a oh, so we're going with them. Yeah, I, okay, think, I think that'd be a fun one to All go right. with. <clears throat> so, like, just an average g- person. Are we talking like a throwdown in the virtual world? Because I let's feel like that's both. where I feel like that's where the skills. So let's let's do both. Let's do. Because you you got to like, throw down hey, the virtual uh, world. Hank versus Steve is how it would be like console versus PC because right. 
It's just an average person playing. They're both out of shape. They're, they're both, both sitting not in the dark. Not necessarily, but they're just average people. <laughs> sure, so sure, I'm sure, like, sure. You can make a case for that. So I feel like, so I feel like if we're talking about skills in the game, is where this would matter. Okay, so they're going head to head because this debate goes on forever. So because right. Overwatch is there not a console version? There's a of console it? version of it. So you've got a somehow. The characters from the console, the kind of Wreck-It Ralph style, uh-huh. through the wires uh-huh. in the house uh-huh. that someone lives in, uh-huh. the the council game, the council characters, and the PC characters converge, uh-huh. and they're being they're being uh, scratched that in the apartment building. One apartment is a PC gamer, and one apartment is a council gamer. The two somehow get intertwined. Through some bibbity bobbity boo, mm-hmm. and they're, playing against, they're playing against each other. I like that. Which to this day, I still wonder why we haven't done that yet. It's got to be a way, right? Because I'm like, my brother and his friends play a lot of Overwatch. I'm like, hey, get it on your computer, and I'll fucking play with you, assholes. Because <laughs> I, I don't have a console, right? I don't want one. Um, wasn't there what? Pause on that. Wasn't yeah. there one game where there was a PC console crossover where someone the the PC uh, was. Uh, the eagle eye view where you're you were uh, oh, like in space yes. and the console eve was oh, that was eve it was eve okay yeah the eve, thing your brother fucks around with yes yeah. so eve on the on the pc was you basically would would conquer a planet or an installation on a planet and then you could pay mercenaries to keep it for you or to attack it right and that would take place on a as a first person it's called dust 415 i think okay and and that was a console game, it right? Was a console yeah, game, but so the servers t- it was on. The, it, it all hooked up to the same servers, right? And the people in space could actually they could call down like air support, and the people on the PC would then click and fire down into the game and actually attack people. And it was in, it was amazing. incredible. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. So thank you for bringing that. So up. you can do it. You can do Blizzard. It. I'm just saying you can do it. Well, some of the problems here are that because you have joysticks. Yes. With the console, you are naturally not as accurate as you are with a mouse and keyboard. See, I disagree with that. You would I, until you got your ass handed by a PC gamer on a, on a mouse and keyboard. I just feel like you feel like you're more accurate. There's how with the, you see the look at my hands. Yeah, I'm look looking at, at the, look at my like, hands. You, you look like you're playing piano. I, I'm like scratching a, a DJ. On, I'm scratching yeah. a record on this one, I'm and I'm playing, playing a piano on this one. It's actually yeah. a harpsichord I'm playing. Yeah, yeah. The accuracy you can do with a mouse is much easier than with a joystick okay i think that's a common thing like imagine if you're trying scientifically proven i think so okay so because because in most cases they add an auto target system in most console games damn right so it's easier (laughs) to lock on and 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 shoot people versus in pc it doesn't have that right you just have to use your your aiming skills with that so that being said i feel like a pc gamer in a first person shooter like overwatch would be more accurate in that sort of regard. Okay. Um, I would argue, and this is probably just for me, that the key bindings on a joystick are better than on a PC, but I, that may be a minor moot point because I know some people that are really good with their key bindings, meaning that like it's X triangle square and whatever you have for PlayStation, and they're all right there. Right. Like, you know, just okay, yeah, real quick yeah. to get. Uh, whereas with PC, it's WSAD, moves you around. Q is usually activating your ultimate. You can bind other stuff, and I mean, I guess it's relatively the same. I don't know. I feel like it's more spread out though. Like it with, is with more, a thumb, it's you more can centralized just with with real quick plus your triggers, yeah, and things like that that you can get to. It seems like yeah. it's more natural, yeah, on that sort of stuff for activating things. But I mean, it's kind of 
negligent when you see the people that are really good in either one, like that are that have their yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's kind of negligent in that sort of regard. Um, the PC gamers have access to modify things, <laughs> not necessarily in Overwatch. People don't run their own servers, but in other games that they've run their own servers in the past, they can alter the rules. If they want to, or so you could be so a console gamer could be stepping into a reality he doesn't even fucking know. Exactly, we were like, "Oh my god!" When I press jump, we jump to the sun, <laughs> like that one fucking TF2 level we found. Oh, with a cat, with the yeah, oh boy, where people were sitting there trying to grind out their achievements, and someone activated the things correctly, and the giant cat showed up, and bees came out and attacked and killed everyone. The cat shot lasers out of its eyes before eventually just setting off a nuclear bomb, and the screen just goes white and stays that way. Yep. Yep. I love that video. That one? Yeah. Uh, or the one that we actually found, which mm-hmm. was the Funhouse one we tried to play. Remember that? Oh, shit. We played that a couple of times. It was really weird. And we could not make heads or fucking tails of where we were in that. Wait, was that? That wasn't with TF2, though, was it? Was we, it? We played a couple weird ones with TF2. Yeah. We're like, yeah. You were like a demo guy, but you had like the medic's gun. Right. And it was just like hodgepodge. Well, and you would go into like a room and immediately you'd be an acid or like it was like the yeah. weirdest like we couldn't get th- yeah it was it was basically a nightmare of a level yeah it was a waking nightmare of a computer level They're like what the fuck is this right um so the customizability i would give a bonus to pc gamers in that sort of regard all right however not every pc is made the same which leads to connectivity issues. Interesting. Which leads to, uh, you know, if someone has a shitty rig and they're the one hosting the game, it ruins everyone's experience. Consistency is king. Whereas with console, everyone has the exact same console. Everyone has the exact same specs. Shit is fluid as can be on consoles. True. However, so here we go. <laughs> you can also upgrade your computer True. at any point in time. And you cannot do that to the console. Exactly, unless you want to avoid your warranty. Right. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, you, you don't do want to do that. You do do not. not void your fucking warranty. So there's consistency with a console, in my opinion, but better accuracy, more customization uh, on the PC side of things. So I'm leaning towards PC more than console yeah. in that regard. Um. So we can finally end this debate. This I also feud. feel like PC gamers are just bigger nerds. <laughs> and so they're going to figure it out. <laughs> That's, I don't think you can argue against that. Yeah. I I think. They're bigger fucking nerds. I, I, you know, these are the guys that build their own computers, which I'm hoping to do next. That's, I think I'm hoping in the next, maybe once I move, I've, I've, I'm reading all about how to do it. There you go. Because I want to build my own. You're a nerd. And I want to I want to have this awesome computer because I hate the computer that I have right now. I hate it passion, too. With a passion. I loathe your computer on a daily basis. Yes. I've written letters to Dell. Because I just got back from visiting Dave and I got to play on his custom-made computer and it ran like a goddamn charm. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, mine doesn't run like this at all. Alienware. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. But... For me, I'm gonna say PC gamer will win over a console. I will have to I will have to concede that point. Even though I am much more uh, a fan of a console gaming, mm-hmm. I will have to say that the the nerds of the PC realm will have to take this one. So, PC gamers for the win. PC gamers for the win. But we absolutely welcome your thoughts on this. Yes. So please uh, weigh in. Weigh in. Let us know. Uh, what do you think? Consoles are they better than PCs? Are PCs you know if they were to duel each other and the same game, who would win? Right. Give us your context. Name a game 
Name a level. Name it all. Lay it out for us. What do we say right? What do we say wrong? We want to hear from you. Let Send us know. all of your messages directly to Doug on Twitter. <laughs> at the D-Buzz. Oh, boy. Slide into his DMs. Oh, boy. That sounds gross. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, so exciting. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Love to get your feedback because this is an age-old debate that will never die. Dumb, dumb today. Even though we just figured it out. So whatever. You're welcome. Uh, Justin, before we close up shop, anything you want to suggest? Anything you'd recommend? Oh, man. No. No? Nothing at all? Nope. I'm going to recommend it again. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, I'm already in the season two of it. I'm just tearing through it again, rewatching it for the third time. I fucking love this show. If you're not into anime or you're just like starting to be like, what is anime? Start with this. You won't be disappointed. It's a wonderful story. It's a very powerful story for me. Essentially, it's about two brothers who do an, an, a very taboo thing and try to bring their mother back to life and in doing so, sacrifice parts of their bodies and they're trying to get their bodies back. So mm-hmm. it's a world uh, that takes place where there's these people known as alchemists that essentially can shape the environment to their will using all these door, different sort of stuff. It's very cool. It's very fun. It's a very honest, deep look at morality and also like god versus science it's pretty cool I it's love a it. coming of age tale it's uh it's a young adult romance coming of age tale it's pretty interesting so highly recommend it it's finally back on netflix go check it out full metal alchemist brotherhood you won't be disappointed i guarantee it i will uh promote uh cookies and cream ice cream there you go it's delicious there you go in general cookies and cream ice cream and i have to agree go pick some up it's delicious Guys, you can find us on Facebook. Look for our page there. We are also on Twitter at MindGapPodcast. Justin exists. That's all. You just exist. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) I think therefore I am is what George Clooney once said. Uh, In 14 days, there's a website called JustinStrandland.com that renews. Ah! So you'll be able to probably see it for at least another year. If you so choose. Yeah. Uh, On Twitter and Instagram, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It is the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Spotify. Yeah, check us out on Spotify. Yes. uh, You can subscribe to us, review us, just leave a quick review. Makes us feel good down in the cackles of our heart, Mm. and um, or the cockles of our heart. (laughs) The cackles. The bottom portion of the heart. Where all the blood pools. The fourth chamber. Exactly. Of secrets. Uh, (laughs) It makes us feel... And and share us. You know, we like to be shared around, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, sharing is caring. Yeah. And that makes sense. Uh, com slash mindgap and com slash the best bar podcast ever is the other podcast I do with Milos every Monday. Ta-da! Thank you so much for listening. It's always a pleasure. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Enjoy your week. Be happy and be good humans. Mind Gap Podcast.